I guess second in line at most of the events we've been at this year, whether yeah. it's Madfest, Cannes. Um, AI did take the gold, but something that came in a very close second uh, was sustainability. Um, and I know we've talked about it a little bit before, but we want to kind of dig into your thoughts and maybe how you could help some other business leaders and other uh, people in the ad tech industry to kind of improve and, and step up. So my first question for you lads is, is it possible to keep businesses 100% sustainable? Do you mean specifically ad tech businesses? Let's start with that because okay. I think that's probably going to be a nice way to kind of jump off of. So I think probably not is the answer, but there's definitely some work that can be done to reduce the amount of emissions produced by ad tech. Um, it actually produces more than the aviation industry, which is quite hard to believe. But um, I think that is largely down to the infrastructure that's used. There's been virtually zero um, improvements in the underlying infrastructure that supports ad tech transactions in the last 10 years. It's probably been innovation around formats and targeting, which has meant that the infrastructure has kind of taken a back foot because it served the purpose that it needed to. And I think through the development of the infrastructure that we have at Alchemy, kind of using blockchain rails to fulfill programmatic auctions, we've seen that that can deliver pretty significant savings on the amount of emissions that are produced to buy and sell an ad programmatically. That's, that's really interesting. So essentially what you're saying is the, the lack of innovation with sp specifically within the kind of environmental impact is kind of massively impacted the industry. Whereas yeah. if you look at the automotive, you know, we've seen the lights of electric cars, you know, trying improvements there. You're saying it's mainly focused on improvement of how we serve ads or target rather than actually into the infrastructure that... Yeah, because I think like the emissions are less tangible. You know, like you can see the smoke coming out of a combustion yeah. engine car, but you don't really see the emissions produced by the buying and selling of an ad programmatically. So I think that, I think it was last year, Greenpeace showed up at Cannes and kind of really put a magnifying glass on the emissions that are produced. And since that point, it has been at the forefront of marketers' minds. I think there's also uh, one of your greatest hits is uh, about the page load um, that happens. Mm -hmm. So uh, most of the interaction that happens on a page is done through JavaScript. Yeah. Um, and especially with things like the like button um, that Facebook used, that is very, very heavy on JavaScript to produce what is essentially a thumbs up yeah. for <laughs> someone saying something. Um, and things like that are kind of very like behind the scenes and people don't even think it's oh click a button that's great but actually what's happening is that is causing extra page load extra uh weight on pretty much every part of the infrastructure that goes into serving like both ads and websites and that actually then has a net net negative effect and makes uh makes the emissions much larger than people would ever realize but it makes the page look cool and it makes it more interactive but actually those are the things that are really causing a lot of the problems yeah i, I think that's really interesting and kind of leads to quite nice on to the next question um which probably leads to the answer and it's around that kind of innovation and in product or kind of targeting rather than thinking about the the kind of bones behind it so my next question was you know what advice would you have for other business leaders wanting to build like an ethical company that has a positive environmental impact rather than this huge negative one um 
maybe we've kind of answered a little bit already. Well, um, I guess what we haven't touched on is that we are in the process of being certified as a B Corp. There's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through for that to be true. One of which is the amount of the, or rather the environmental impact of whichever business it is that you're running. I think whilst we are still relatively small, it's been easy for us to fulfill those requirements and, Fingers crossed we get that stamp of approval to show that all of our efforts have passed the bar and we are a B Corp. And then I think as far as like values driven, we do have clear values as a business. We talk about those with everyone all the time um, and just making sure that you find sensible people really. I think it's probably the answer there. <coughs> um, yeah, I think just on top of that, we have always... Uh built alchemy with generative economics in mind and as part of that um it's around it's instead of being extractive and basically looking to extract value from a system uh for your own gain um it's about creating an environment where uh if i win you win um mm. and as part of that there is also the sort of environmental impact on top so it's like everything you do is designed to create a positive outcome as opposed to looking to achieve something and then working your way backwards to become that sustainable uh, or like environmentally friendly company. It's actually like designing everything from the ground up to be that way. So you don't go out looking to exploit people, for example. It's like, okay, no, that's not a good way to build a business. It's like it might might make you profit quickly, but that shouldn't be your first priority because if you're making it in a sleazy way, as a, as a song would say, like, you know, it's not actually worth it. You know, you're, you're creating more problems that you then have to clean up later yep. rather than just not making the problem exist in the first place. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think what we're seeing now is because we have got, we have to take a step back, like you said, Greenpeace kind of shone a bit of a light on it. Now people are actually looking into why and how, um, you know, that their, their campaigns are impacting, you know, the, the, the kind of the rest of the world. Um, so this sort of stuff is, is really exciting. I guess it's nice that you guys are kind of at the forefront of that and also, I guess, giving them the kind of guardrails to break out of what the current system offers. Yeah, I think if you're trying to build something that is efficient, which is we want efficiency in fees, we want efficiency in the trading activity, kind of that will naturally yield to an efficiency in energy, whether that is like human energy or electronical energy, which then kind of gives you that sustainable edge in terms of both like the longevity and emissions that are created from um, whatever it is that you're trying to solve as a business. So next question I had for you is a bit of a two-parter. And again, I think with a lot of this now being brought to the forefront, greenwashing um, is a huge thing. And how could you advise companies to, you know, enforce these kind of sustainable practices that are genuine and not just kind of greenwashing or for marketing purposes? Um, and yeah, have you got any advice to maybe how they could, you know, incorporate those into their, their own companies to make sure that those, you know, uh, efforts are either... You know, you've got a metric to track that or they're prioritised in a certain way. Yeah, I think we, we sort of spoke about it in the build-up a little bit about um, carbon credits, for example, are a way of greenwashing a little bit because mm. essentially you're taking your current emissions and you're like, look at me, I'm reducing them, and then I get a credit for the amount that I've reduced it by. It's like it's very well-meaning, but at the same time it creates uh, a metric that is gameable. Yeah. So there's many companies that will 
have a load of green credits and then they'll sell them on to some other company who then just carries on doing whatever they want to do rather yeah. than actually trying to stop the process of, of like creating too much carbon or too much pollution and general waste. Um, they can just buy their way out of problems, right? So it's like, oh yeah, if I throw enough money at it, I can make it go away. And I think it's the same with, you know, planting more trees, although, you know, that is a net good thing for the environment. It's also being used as a way to still do the things that you want to do. So you get to you get to plant a tree because you took a flight to wherever and that then absolves you of guilt, which is like not really the way it should be done because you've still made the emissions happen in the first place. So I think it's just being conscious of what you're doing and why you're doing it and like getting rid of unnecessary waste and unnecessary um, pollution within your company um, and replacing it with viable alternatives, really. Yeah, you're not addressing the root cause of the issue, right? Which yeah, exactly. Which is really what you need to do to solve it effectively rather than just putting a plaster over it. Yeah, definitely. I think that's like something that the ad industry is very guilty of. It's just like putting plasters over problems and then like leaving it for somebody else to deal with. But in reality, it's like the only way that every everybody is going to solve this issue is by doing things differently, not by doing the status quo and then covering up for it later. Um, I think it's that kind of go and say your Hail Marys and then you're absolved of all your guilt. Yeah. It's like kind of not really going to work in the future. And specifically, what you guys are doing with alchemy, um, I know we talked. Uh, I know we spoke with like Good Week before, and like actually kind of having that external party verify what an impression might cost, so then you can actually give that information back to whoever you might be working with. Yeah, we. I think we've spoken to a lot of people that offer that, and what we really try and dig deep on is the methodology they're using to determine if that's if their solution is actually providing you with the correct answer. Yep. And yeah, Good Loop are a great example. Impact Plus are a great example. Sidera, um, they have a good methodology for determining the amount of carbon that we use. And the ad tech business is a partnerships business. So by being able to work with those companies that make that their sole purpose, we can feel very confident that what we're delivering is um, as sustainable as we can possibly make it as close to 100 percent as we can get it i guess is the goal yeah i think as well there's um there's something here about supply path optimization as well like yeah. the the you need to know who your partners are and what it is that they do um it it with the way that our system works is we know which node validated a transaction mm. so we can then look at that node and determine how much carbon that node is used Right now, if you're using five different partners, then your repeating process is five times. It's A, definitely wastage, yeah. but it's also completely impossible for you to gauge the impact of like serving that impression like on page to a, to a user. So by making sure that you're getting rid of unnecessary hops and things like that, you're actually more able to understand it and then more able to do something about it. But if you're just going, yeah, I'll just add this partner here, this partner there, and then we'll all run the same processes and come up with completely different numbers, and it just becomes an impossible task then. You know, there's only so many hours in the day that yeah. a company has to order this kind of stuff, and unfortunately, so far, it's been the thing that's taken a backseat. You know, there's people are looking at it now and looking to do something about it now, but it has always been the sort of least important part of their process. Yeah, and it like there's a there's a component of trust in that, right? It's like people are trusting 
other businesses to do what they say they're going to do. And I think that is the beauty of the Ads Explorer, right? It allows nodes to follow a process so you don't need any trust with the nodes in the system. They can only verify ad transactions that have done or have been through all of the steps that's required for them to fall into consensus and then be written to the ledger itself. So like having that Ads Explorer, with this, which is that one source of truth for the ad industry you don't need to replicate process you don't need to trust people you can just verify that transactions are appearing on chain and if they're not they're not right you can then see immediately who the untrustworthy partners are in that chain if they're still there at all yeah i think uh, sometimes it's actually about plausible deniability that yeah. it's necessarily trusting other people you're yeah, just sort true. of saying well, well it's your problem i'm yeah. going to ask you a question and then you tell me an answer and then I can say that I've done my bit. And yeah. it's like, that's not really going to wash for like much longer. I think people are actually going to have to report in a, like at least on an annual basis, like yeah. what their impact is rather than just sort of saying like, well, I asked them and they said it was fine. Yeah. Like that's yeah. not going to, it's not going to work. And I guess to drive that change and with the transparency nature of the business and, you know, kind of blockchain being transparent by nature is that something you guys would be up for kind of reporting you know voluntarily you know i, I guess going forward to try and disrupt that that change because i guess you, you guys really and alchemy is, is a leader in this space especially within the ad tech space so you know i guess leading leading from the front with that would be um, a nice way to kind of uh, help the market get along yeah i mean i think it's a feature of what we've built right it's yeah. like the we don't hide the transactions they appear on the ledger and they will be validated by partners that we work with in the future. So it's there is, we'll be reporting that information on every single transaction, not kind of once a year. I mean, we maybe uh, we'll aggregate that information once a year in a report that's easier to digest. But really, you could check every single impression, every single lost impression, every single one impression to ensure that best practices are being followed and yeah, what we've built can be as sustainable as possible. Yeah, yeah. I think the problem with that a little bit i mean we we will be building that into uh, our reporting dashboard but uh it's hard to benchmark it if other people aren't doing it yeah, so true. like you it's it's all well and good us saying like here's a number and people just go oh that sounds like a big number like what what's yeah. that number even mean mm. if there's nothing to benchmark it against because obviously there's not really much incentive for yeah. other other incumbents in the industry to to sort of follow suit um if it makes them look bad yeah, yeah. i think that leads nicely into my next question which i know you guys have been doing a, a lot um which is around the education of this so mm. this is new for everyone it can feel slightly overwhelming or don't really understand what the numbers mean or what's good and what's bad so how you know how, how have you been kind of educating the industry partners uh, on the impact of like sustainable practices and what do you guys have been doing kind of in the field to just kind of raise awareness of this and also just educate i think without wanting to oversimplify too much it's just explaining the benefits of using alchemy versus existing web 2 exchanges right there's the repeat this forever and ever and ever but the lower fees so that the the way that ads are bought is more sustainable you know like the people that create the content the publishers get more money for creating that content so they can continue to exist you know there's a lot of large publishers that are now suffering from not having enough revenue because it's been taken away from them by other partners or in terms of fees or whatever it is um and then i think just like again explaining to them how the way that alchemy works and the way a decentralized ad exchange works differs in having 
validators that handle the entire transaction that contribute to a ledger means that you don't have those replicated processes which create more emissions just so that you have a report to compare against another report at the end of a month to figure out who owes what to whom you know it's yeah it's features i guess of the network again i think um another thing that's quite important to think about when we when we talk about like emissions within the industry is wasted effort yeah so when you think if you are going out and you're spamming a page with one cent bids all day, every day, yeah. like the amount of wasted yeah. like energy that goes into that, essentially so you can win the lowest possible bid available if nobody else is bidding essentially means that there is like a lot of wasted effort that goes into like the whole process because if you have 10 partners on page and like only one of them can win, that means that that's, 10 times that a bid has to be returned to receive like one winning bid. So even even just the nature of the partners that you use being more premium will help that. And essentially by returning more of the money to the publishers, we incentivize them to have less partners to sort of do that sort of backfill because it's just repetition of wasted effort. And it's essentially, why wouldn't you bid at one cent if you can then sell that on for one or two dollars if if that makes that is a business incentive but that is not aligned with the incentive of being more efficient and being more green so that's that's one of those areas that kind of people forget about it's actually like what's your win rate look like and then if your win rate is low that means that you're just wasting a lot of energy definitely yeah i think there's that you that there will be like a win rate coefficient that we can create that shows you how much it just in, it, even in terms of just like the goals that you have as an advertiser like if you can win one in three and one in three impressions rather than one in 20 you'll be able to serve the ad to the right person at the right time so it might take fewer ads to get the message across that you're trying to put across so it'll just take less ads therefore less emissions you know just like everything becomes more efficient nice so I've got a couple more questions um, left before, before we kind of wrap this up. Um, and the next one is around um, consumer demands and market trends. Mm-hmm. So how does that influence your, your decisions and strategy about what, what we're building at Alchemy? I think we've always kind of spoken about this idea of interoperability. And interoperability doesn't just stop with the technical side of things. It's also the way in which you communicate with potential and future partners and their priority at the moment is, and probably will be for the foreseeable future, ensuring that best practices are used so that they have efficient means and sustainable means of buying ads. So by educating people on how our system differs and the benefits to that, we can kind of meet the market where it is in terms of the goals it's trying to hit and just slowly kind of drip feed with repetition how we do it. I mean, we did a session today, right? And with a very big brand and zero people had a Web3 wallet, you know, which kind of shows that anyone assisting to this podcast is still very, very early in this is like a big global brand we were speaking to, but after that session today, you could see people starting to lean in on the benefits of Web3, the benefits of using a blockchain to buy media. So it will be a relentless educational effort over the next years to come to get people to see what we need to do. And I think we almost will have to take the position of influencing them because 
we've built something that is better than what exists. And then I'm sure once that penny is dropped, there'll be things that they think about that we don't know about yep. that we can then use to influence our future decisions on the products and features that we build. Yeah, I think as well, there's um, just on a sort of more Web3 sort of bent on that is that essentially if you think about the way that supply chains for, I don't know, Nike, for example, we always use Nike, Adidas or whoever work, they essentially guess how many shoe pairs of shoes the consumer's going to want, right? And it's like, it's a very blunt instrument and then you end up having to sell stuff cheap or whatever. But essentially it's not the most efficient version of a market. The most efficient way is to go to your consumers before you make the shoe and you ask them what it is that they want and how they would influence your brands rather than you trying to influence their tastes. So that's where the idea of like communities within Web3 come along uh, and and really change from going from audiences that you're trying to target and sell something to. It's like you're going to them and you're saying, what is it would you like in the first instance? And that means that you can make the right number of pairs of shoes rather than like over over producing and wasting. So it's that conspicuous consumption kind of goes out of the window, um, which is something that Web3 really has, has will change in the future. I mean, it's, it's having a sort of small impact now, but over time, I think you'll, you'll definitely see that kind of idea of uh, communities replacing audiences and really having that feedback loop and that like reflexivity within them within the economy to actually change the way that companies operate and just make sure that they are being as efficient as they can be and not just like wasting stuff because it's cheap and they can do whatever they need to do to to make the money i think that's um a really nice way to kind of draw that back to maybe everyday life if you're not into nikes is like you know you you put that kind of same scenario in into like you know a, a tesco or you know like where it's very something that per- is perishable waste yeah. or whatever and you, you have that kind of same system it's just being a little bit smarter up front and leveraging that technology so you don't waste uh, along the way so i think when you relate that back to what you guys are doing in advertising that's a real nice way to kind of see about how you know, this targeting method, this scattergun approach is just n- not great for, for, for kind of getting made that, that supply part uh, that we've all talked about. Today. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. So before we wrap it up, um, one question for you each or one answer for you, if you don't mind. Um, what one thing would you want the listeners to take away from, from this session? Recycle more, no. Um, <laughs> I think... Just to, th- I think, don't, I think actually, what am I saying? Right, so I would say try and address the root cause of what is causing inefficiencies to allow whatever it is that you're doing to be more sustainable and try and like build it from the ground up. Don't plaster it on after the fact. Yeah, sustainability by design rather yeah. than, yeah, trying to trying to fix your problems, I think. Yeah, if you if you approach it earnestly and then you build something that has it baked in to begin with then you save yourself a lot of problems later on amazing well lads thank you so much great to catch up as always and uh see you next time on lab talks cheers thanks everyone for listening